If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello there, Keen here. This is an extra bumper long episode for you, which is going to be James's last episode. As a quick sort of summary of what you're going to hear, it's about an hour-ish of James and I discussing doing the podcast, our favourite moments of Drag Race from doing the podcast and kind of just a very open and honest conversation about what it's like doing the podcast and doing the podcast together. And it's a really nice chat, not that structured, kind of just off the cuff of us just discussing as a sort of parting chat. And then the second half of the episode is going to be the audio of the first podcast we ever did together. I'll let you listen to the episode for a better explainer, but that's basically it. So that's why it's two hours. It's pretty close to Christmas now, so you can basically dip in and dip out of it over the Christmas season. And uh, yeah, look forward to a whole new era of Sissy That Pod in the new year. But for now, enjoy and happy Christmas. Hello, my name is Keen. Goodbye, my name is James. And this is your last main feed episode of Sissy That Pod for 2022. And more importantly, James's last episode of the podcast. Farewell. Podding has been such sweet. I've been working on some like podcast farewell uh, jokes. They they aren't working out very well for you to hear. Pod only knows when we'll meet again. Um, Podding is such sweet sorrow. Uh, you know what, what's that a pun of well they're both Shakespeare quotes according to the 10 best farewell lines thing that I googled <laughs> earlier <laughs> could you like Auf Wiederpod <laughs> Auf Wiederpod I like that one yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah this is just a kind of I don't know like a free spirited episode nothing really necessary to talk about just uh, the two of us reflecting on the last three years of doing the podcast together. Yeah, and I don't know, like, because I, I sat down to think about this, and when at the very beginning of that, I kind of looked back over what we've done, and I, it's it's pretty astonishing. Like Drag Race UK one to four, Drag Race US twelve to fourteen, Drag Race Canada one to three, Drag Race Down Under one to two, Drag Race Espana one to two, Drag Race Holland one to two, Drag Race Italia one, Dragula four, Resurrection and Titans. Mm. That's a lot of drag based content. Not even mentioning like our secret celebrities and our Vegas reviews and all of the rest of that. It's like that's that's a lot. To, that's a lot to get through. That's a lot. That's a lot of of of, of um content to develop. Yeah. Here's a question. Well done to us. It- if COVID hadn't <laughs> happened, do you think we would have covered every season as stringently? No, definitely not. No, I think we would have just done the main ones. We would have just done UK and US and All Stars. I mm. reckon. Yeah, I don't know. I think I feel like that that would have been. That would have I been don't worse. know. Part of me thinks we might. Well, I think actually, if we were if we were trying to do it in person every week, which we were doing until we moved to Zoom because of the pandemic, there's no way we could have been able to manage that. We would have been in and out of the heads of studio like. 
No idea. Oh my god! Nothing. Banging the door down. They would have been yeah. sick of us. Someone locking us out rather than locking us Guys, we've got other podcasts that need to be recorded here. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's definitely true. But like a lot to be proud of. You know, there's a lot of episodes. I mean, we worked really hard for three years to cover as much as we did. Yeah. No. And I, I don't. I mean, also like it. It was just really fun because even thinking about kind of like we're going to go through a few like questions and stuff about mm. the, the show as well but like going back and deep diving into it like you do forget like you get once you move on to the next one or move on to the next series you kind of can forget like a lot of the magic that that belongs in some of the series when you're covering them or when you're when you're thinking about it or watching them so going back and kind of looking over all of those things like i really was like reintroduced to some moments from those previous seasons so i was like oh my god that was so good or like i actually like those things that i now have in my everyday parlance everyday utterances mm. that come from like cast songs from season 13 or like you know drag race canada stuff so it's like you know like these things leave a lasting impression and you actually forget how how good they were when you're just constantly moving on to the next one so i was delighted to have a moment to kind of go back through the the annals of time <laughs> Explore the the angles of time, (laughs) (laughs) penetrating the angles of (laughs) sitting. What do you think your relationship with Drag Race is going to be like now? You finish up. I don't know. I'm actually not even 100% sure like whether I'm going to... Like, I've been watching Drag Race Canada, um, but in, like, a much more kind of... Because, like, I think that's one of the things that, that, like, one of the the things that fed into my decision to, like, actually, like, kind of take a step back from it was, like, the kind of regimented nature of how we need to produce Mm -hmm. it for it to be out in a particular time frame. And, like, it does... It does take up a lot of of your time when you're, you're sort of having to... Well, it's not even that it's taking up a lot of your time, but it's that it's taking up blocks of specific time at all, like for for long periods of time. So watching Drag Race Canada kind of on my own schedule without having to have a notepaper to hand while just being able to kind of like watch half an episode, then go off, get a company. That's been really nice. And I don't know, like I saw the cast announced for, for uh, a spoiler alert, (laughs) the cast announced yesterday, Mm -hmm. which will have been two weeks ago by the time this, or, or a week or so by the time this comes out. And I was kind of a bit like, I watched half of it and I was like, meh, I don't care. I'll just let them introduce themselves to me on the actual show when I watch it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like nice to have that kind of freedom and just be like, I'll see how I feel about watching the first episode or two. And if, I, if I'm if i not into it, then I'll just let it go. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, casual okay. viewer. I'm becoming, I'm going from super stan podcast professional to casual viewer i'd be surprised if you actually went full-on casual viewer though like i think i feel for you it, it, it it'll be casual viewer because that'll be a novelty because you know i think like you've watched every season of the show say what multiple times it would be weird for you to just tap out yeah actually this is something i i was thinking about is that kind of like, I think that when we started Season of Pod back at UK season season one, and I think that maybe, like, unbeknownst to, to us, like, that was, I think, the, like, cut-off point in the, like, new era mm. of Drag Race. So we've been covering it exclusively, like, in this kind of, like, expansion phase, whereas kind of, like, you had seasons, like, one to six, and then seasons sort of, you know, seven to... to um seven to eleven in these other kind of things. And I remember, like, my relationship with seasons one to six was, like, when I was watching, because I was, I was literally, like just like watching them back to back again and again and again. I was so obsessed with the show at that point. Then, you know, kind of I that 
sort of seven onwards was where I started watching it kind of like where it was actually on concurrently so it was where I was going over to friends houses going out to mm-hmm. bars it was really part of that kind of like social life and then doing this podcast over the last couple of years has been just like real kind of you know I've I've had this kind of very strong relationship with it for like over a decade that is not going to change as a result of kind of like moving away from this so you're right I don't think I'll be that casual a viewer I'll be casual about when yeah. I watch it rather than about if yeah. I'm watching it. I think you'll watch it all, but you might like allow two or three to build up. And... I won't watch Italian. Oh. I <laughs> no question wa- about that. <laughs> I will not. I, 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 I have not. I didn't even watch the, the like, uh, I didn't even watch the, um, the first, the intro to the, to the second season of it. I'm like, no, <laughs> don't care. Fool me once, Drag Race Italy. Fool me think once. Think about all the shiny astrolab <laughs> oh <Goddamn>. god <laughs> yeah that's a very good point like if you think about it the like what would you say maybe one to seven was the cult classic years eight to eleven is like the netflix netflix expansion years and then uk one to now is the global domination years and even with the announcement of all-star global all-stars that's coming now soon like I think when we I think mm-hmm. we started the podcast and when we were doing season 12 someone said to us that they didn't know how much longer was left of the show because it just kept growing and there has to be an end at some point but it doesn't look like it's anywhere near No it, it is like it is kind of and, and I do think like one of the things that kind of going back over the last like several <coughs> seasons of it that like thinking about that today I've noticed is that there are lulls and I think the problem is that like we're we live in a kind of a we live in a polarized society where people like one like definites either one or the other so I think when you're watching a dud season you're like oh this is completely mm. over but when and when you're watching an amazing new season you're like oh my god yes god I'm living but the reality is that they even out and you have dud seasons like season 14 but they're made up for by actually on reflection like really excellent seasons like season 13 so it's like you know like you're you're kind of you're going to get those moments where it feels like it's on the way out, but I don't think it's going anywhere for quite a long time. Yeah. Especially with Drag Race Brazil just getting just mm. getting fired up now. Mm. And Germany. Um, mm-hmm. Are there any moments of the, of the podcast that you would not want to listen back to? I'm not going to go into naming names, <laughs> but there were a couple of guests who were like, okay, okay so just like, I'm not going to no, name any no. names. No, but I am going to say that we've been very, very lucky in that the vast, 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 I would say 99% of the guests that we've got to come on have been funny, engaging, interesting and excited to speak to us and like have watched the episode. There was one case where someone hadn't watched the episode was making it up. Uh, but I can't you, remember who that you, is, you but we'll discuss later on. But go on. Yeah, but then we guess you, you do sometimes get guests who kind of haven't understood what the show is about, are very kind of monosyllabic or kind of very sort of like, you know, sort of, you know, sort of the sort of people who should have known to be like, this isn't my gig, so I'm going to turn it down. But also, um, and, and those... there are also people we should have known not to ask. Let, you know, we take some ownership in that, too. We do take some ownership, but you know, there's people sometimes where you think like, oh, that could be interesting mm. or that could be exciting. And then you have them on and it's like, oh, actually you know yes yes god girl give us nothing <laughs> like it you know <laughs> yeah yeah that's true w- one thing that i think of and 
like I guess we haven't really spoken about this too much, but you know, in 2020, I lost my sister, and I spoke about it on the podcast. Mm. And I kind of just let you do this episode <laughs> explaining it, and I kind of, in hindsight, I was like, that was I kind of felt unfair to like leave that all just throw this big upheaval that's happening in my life at you to to deal with and to speak to people about. So I'm sorry for that. Oh, no, that was like, I mean, obviously, like I was at that point, because at that point I was I was sort of like, OK, well, that's it. Keen is never going to want to do another episode mm-hmm. of this. This is going to be that kind of like and it'll be like and I'll be like, that is completely fine. Like, you know, whatever needs to be done is done. And I was happy enough to 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 to, to take that. I do. It was weird going back through the catalog because I saw I see that episode is still like mm-hmm. there. And there's a bit of me that goes like, oh, that must be so weird for like a non-concurrent listener who might just be like going back through our back catalog yeah. to be like, yes, God, the library's open, Chante, <laughs> wait. And we're not doing this. I don't know if I could, I don't know if I could listen back to that personally. Like, I don't know. I mean, no. I was so willing to do it at the time, but like now it's two years, it feels so raw that I don't know if I could listen to it again. Yeah. But I mean, like, that was such a weird, like, because it was, first of all, obviously it was like for you living in mm-hmm. that moment, it was just kind of a probably a, a a matter of just processing the tasks that you felt were in front of you and doing what you felt needed to be done. And now you're further away from it. You can actually think back about that kind of thing and be like, oh, actually, maybe I wouldn't have reacted. Maybe I wouldn't have done this. And the other thing was like, we, that was such early days of COVID mm-hmm. and it was such like a weird time where like everything felt out mm-hmm. of place and True. out of kilter and like everyone felt like they were making kind of decisions that were like I don't know what the fuck is happening or what I'm meant to be doing here in life but but okay let's give it a go mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and like I don't yeah. regret the decision like I know in my headspace I was like you know th- my sister's death was because of her mental health my mental health is such a stigma and I don't want to hide from it and I didn't want to be sitting there being like Oh, Keen has family issues, which I absolutely definitely could have. I was like, I didn't want to hide away from it. But like in that moment, I, could, I think it would take a lot for me to go back and open up, listening to myself in that moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah, completely. And I suppose that was like such a raw moment. Whereas like kind of like was it last year you had that chat with... Um, Brian Dowling. On the Death Becomes yeah. Him <clears throat> podcast with Brian mm. Dowling. And at that point, you had processed it enough to be able to kind of like understand your own experience where at that point it was so raw. Um, at the very beginning of the kind of second phase of Sissy Pod, because we'd done the UK one and then we were kind of like coming back for All Stars 12 and then the uh, and then the um, the pandemic mm-hmm. hit. I'm kind of in that moment of just flux and not knowing what's going on. It, it was such a, yeah, it was a hard, it was a strange kind of period of time. Yeah, yeah 100%. Now, one thing I do remember was like, everyone who listened to the podcast being so nice and kind and being so supportive. And it's something that, you know, no matter how many people listen, because, you know, it gradually grows and grows over time, fortunately, you still don't really feel like anyone's listening. Like, I still feel like I'm coming on just to chat with you and a friend and, you know, and, yeah. you know, and a third person <laughs> about Drag Race. And then I just see numbers on a screen. And I feel like even doing Canada versus the world now, it kind of feels a bit strange because now I'm just having those conversations on my own. And I always forget that there's yeah, people yeah. who listen and until, like, I see them interact with us, which I we I always appreciate. Yeah. No, I that's it. That's exactly right. Like I, I it is so bizarre because you feel like you put these things out into the world and like no, like nobody kind of hears them or whatever. Like, and 
it is when you get messages from people or like you know if you're kind of out in the george and someone comes over and it's like oh my god you you're you're the person who does that show oh i love it or like i was actually where i was recently i was at um i was at a abba abba mm-hmm. tribute night in i can't remember what the name of the place is in in in, in stevens green um and the like person who was like serving us drinks uh, was like Oh, you 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 you're the guy you host Sissy that pod and and he was like telling me about how it had like really gotten him through like the early stages of COVID no because he had been like not working and he was you know kind of you know he he wasn't kind of able to do anything but like having kind of like how listening to podcasts and shows like ours had given him that and it's like that's a really nice tangible feeling of like oh it is making a difference <laughs> or if not a difference being made it is like actually being heard by someone yeah well the fact <laughs> that however many people choose to spend an hour of their busy week just listening to us talk about something you know yeah it's something that's kind of hard to get your head around and i know i had my, my first time somebody who um you know sort of recognized me from doing the podcast i was at i was at a festival and he came up to me and I was just, I, I was so awkward because I just never had that interaction before. And then I felt, I was like, oh, was I just an arsehole there? Like, I didn't say anything rude, but I just, I just wasn't, hadn't been in that situation where somebody knew a lot about me and I didn't know anything about them. Like, I should have been like, you know, what's your name? <laughs> where are you from? Would you like an autograph? <laughs> Sorry, I'm out of signed photos at the moment. I left them at home. <laughs> <laughs> but since then I got much better and uh yeah if you know if you listen to this and you ever want to reach out for whatever reason you know if you see us or on it or online or whatever well maybe James is going to go into seclusion now he's finished the podcast but it's always appreciated I think I speak for him as well when I say that yeah if you ever want to tell me that I'm your favorite host just <laughs> you can if you, if you want to bribe me to come back I, that's completely fine <laughs> Let's talk. About- I'll be, I'll be, I'll be more than, I'll be more than happy to do that. <laughs> to welcome if I see you that, set up a GoFundMe to join the show again, I'm gonna have to, go, I'm gonna have to report you to revenue. <laughs> <laughs> if you can get me to ten grand, I'll join Sissy that pod again. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. Let's talk about the actual drag content we've discussed over the last three and a bit years. So let's just go from season one of UK all the way up to season uh, Canada vs. the World. Your favourite yeah, Snatch like Game performance that we've just that we've witnessed. So, oh my God. I mean, I don't have a single answer for any of these questions when, when you ask me to think about them. Like there is, there, there is, there is lots for, 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 for many of them. So I think that undoubtedly, I think kind of the best Snatch Game performance you've seen over the last couple of years and an entire series was definitely Jinx's mm-hmm. Judy Garland like that was like a masterclass but like in terms of kind of when we were covering the show and like people who really surprised me and where I was like oh my god like this is so funny and I found myself just like absolutely I, I people who like just really like blew it out of the park I think got mixed Paris Hilton as well as up there because it was so intelligent and so funny and I just remember watching that and being excited to come and talk about it because actually like the season 13 like i think the 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 u.s season 13 um snatch game you actually forget how strong it was like it had uh, rose's mary queen of scots and denali doing jonathan mm-hmm. van ness and it was like like these like really powerhouse performances and i just think that there was something about what Gottmik did as paris hilton that was just so special because it was sort of like 
it was it was an example of kind of taking a character who has been or a person who has been sort of like kind of caricatured by people and sort of in not a not a very positive mm-hmm. way for kind of like over over their entire career but actually is sort of like a quite a savvy business person and, and like has like you know had, had quite a trouble path and it was like creating a way in which the character was in on the joke but still able to be kind of really stupid yeah it's clever uh, um bimini's katie price would be another example of think of that as well um but yeah i mean the, the vivian as, i was gonna as, say as, the vivian's all trump like i guess our first one like i just remember feeling like more people need to see this when i saw that at that point you know and the same with jinx yeah no i actually felt i generally feel i would have been at peace if rupaul said no more snatch game after judy we've we've got it done can't be topped let's just drop it um because it can't be yeah of course now just because because we have to revisit the conspiracy corner a number of times during this episode (laughs) i did start wondering whether they had purposefully edited the season 14 snatch game Mm. to be really terrible because they knew that Jinx's one was going to come up and they were kind of like wanted to lay the groundwork for like a really kind of like, oh my God, this is amazing Snatch Game moment. Do you have a favourite conspiracy? Oh, I can't remember them. <laughs> I can't remember all my conspiracies. Because there was one whatever, an episode whatever, whatever really. One was. <laughs> there, was really <laughs> there really was, you know. There was lots of conspiracy around the chocolate bar for sure. Oh yeah, but I mean that was not conspiracy. That was like known yeah. fact. Like they knew who had that chocolate bar right from the very oh, beginning. Oh no, they gave it. Um, I do they have gave to say, to whoever they wanted to. Yeah, yeah exactly. Anita Wiglet's Queen from Down Under because no, Down Under doesn't feature much in the like the conversation about uh, the like great moments of Drag Race over the last couple of years. But but that I think Anita Wiglet's Queen was really really funny and it sort of it it was what left the lasting impression from mm-hmm. her of like oh i'd love to see more and then her coming back to versus the world there was just a sense of like this like this is a queen who i don't know it, it was just like i wanted more from this queen i thought that that promised more and her exit and down under left you really thinking oh she's going to be fantastic which you just felt so <clears throat> i don't know insecure throughout kind of the versus yeah. the world yeah unfortunately so best individual look so I'm talking about just one single runway look by anybody people we covered on the show so I love the design challenges and therefore the design challenges are where I chose to pick that from because I think it's impressive to bring a look from home that's Mm -hmm. amazing but to make something there on uh, to make something there on set that like actually looks as good as the rest of your runways is is completely incomparable so i think carmen ferrella's um the design challenge oh, look yeah. where she had to do like the kind of two-piece kind of blue baroque kind mm-hmm. of thing it was like jenny from the block amazing stunning utica queen's sleeping bag dress like like otherworldly kind of really like not just like a beautifully made garment that was spectacular but also just like created this whole like really gave you the sense of who she was as a character um and then um anastaria anakwe's uh that like puffer jacket oh, kind wow. of thing that should have won that challenge that it didn't win like they just thought like, about her. that was such i spe- just remember that spe- hair look such a spectacular oh that was that that was desperate altogether that was desperate altogether um but then in terms of like some other ones that i just thought were fantastic uh simone's fascinating fascinators mm-hmm. look was just so powerful because we've seen a lot now in in recent years, particularly where it comes to queens of colour, you're seeing an awful lot of like very political statements being made. And it's amazing to see that. But I, I, and it's amazing to see that. It's brilliant that it's happening. But I think that no one has done it as impactfully. What as, about um, Kimora? 
Amour. I, I thought that that her hers was 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 fantastic as well. But I suppose if you're just, like as an actual, as an actual, I suppose as a statement, yeah. her her look was, was more her, artistic. Like, performance or her, her presentation yeah. was, yeah. Whereas I think that for Simone, there was like the simplicity and the beauty of the like the white fabric walking down, and then it was just like the the turnaround, and it just sort of like brought it all in. I thought that mm-hmm. was like absolutely gorgeous, and then Pythia's two headed look for the circus berserkers runway in Canada. Like that was that the only decent thing in Canada too? What about I think ISIS's runways? ISIS's runways were also brilliant. You are correct there. I always end up thinking of that Gottmik Zvorovsky look that they did in the final. That was just oh, absolute yes. perfection. And yeah, it was almost was, like it, was it was criminally, stunning. you know, undershown on screen. It was there for 45 seconds and it looked like it cost about 30 yeah. grand like it was amazing no it was it was something it belonged in the marvel universe 100 percent. well so that's the best individual look who had the best series of runways across a whole season so this i i felt as if like again i have lots mm-hmm. of options lots of lots of opinions I, I think that Crystal Versace is someone who I think I remember like like as a winner of the series. I think that when you think of her as a winner, you kind of question like, oh, like how did that manage to happen? Mm-hmm. As you remember from the live show, people were kind of a bit shocked by it. But then if you actually look at her runways back over the course of the whole season, there there was so much stunning stuff. She had this, the, her baby spice look was so intricate updated beautiful her Cruella look was gorgeous but then I think Raja on All Star 7 was someone who just really was like I've made a name for myself as someone who judges the fashion on this runway I need to to, to try and kill it every week and I loved everything she wore then the like kind of oddballs Crystal Melodin charity case were great um, but I think for me Got Mick was mm-hmm. probably the one that their entire kind of like wardrobe over the course of their season was just so completely stunning and because I haven't mentioned anyone from the non-English speaking things, Dravina Nurmi, I think if I remember a couple, Dravina Nurmi, if that's not how no, you pronounce no, it her is. name. But anyway, I, I just like her looks where that the ones so, that we saw were just like, they were always kind of like dominatrixy mm. and sort of, you know, had this kind of like, like strength and vibe. But like, I thought that she was stunning. As well. ah, Carmen had a better runways for me now than, than Dravina probably in Alba. I know you've already mentioned her. Uh, yeah, I would agree. I Like, I think it's going to be tough. Tough to have more, like, to beat more fierce fashion queens than Simone and Gottmik, and we got them both in a, in one season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because I'd actually forgotten about Simone. Like, Simone's looks across the season were so fantastic. Mm. Like, that, like, Big Bad Wolf one that she had was amazing. Mm. Yeah. And, like, the, the, the trains. Yeah, the, I mean, the, God, the, the like, do-rag. So many amazing. And the boxer one. Yeah, mm. you're, yeah, no, that was just, yeah. I mean, God, I forgot about her. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, best talking head. Z. I gave this to talking heads exactly. So Miss Fierce Delicious okay. from Canada. I think Miss Fierce Delicious has been Miss Fierce Delicious. I think is the best drag race contestant that we've had in in a very long time. Like she needs to be on global all stars in an instant. Heidi and Closet, absolutely. I think Ginger Minge added a huge amount to the all stars one, um, and then Candy Muse, but also. Priyanka, I think, from Canada One. I just remember kind of she just narrate Priyanka and Lemon together as kind of a double act, just narrated the first mm. season of Canada in in such an expert way. 
and with such like wit and charm that I think it like elevated the whole competition. Yeah, I think it definitely you did right. I think they they gave the charm to that show via the talking head and made it like so compelling. I would also throw in Raja O'Hara. I think seeing her again in Canada versus the world to remind you yes. how she just won everybody over in the talking head and how she came out and was like, yeah, I'm going to be nothing like you saw me on season 11. I felt like a totally new person going in there. And I'm actually really, really, uh, you know, looking forward to going back and watching season 11 now because it was such a weird season. It wasn't very good, I thought at the time. But it's given us some legendary queens now at this point. Like, Brooke is, is a judge. You know, Raja is a fan favourite. Um, Silky pops up a lot. Silky, Scarlet Envy was up in there too. So there's like, yeah, some really interesting queens who, who went through in that season. Yeah, it, it is true. Because I think it's even, I remember like after season seven came on, like it was kind of written off as being like, oh, like a terrible waste of a season. But actually, if you look back now, it is like the season seven queens and it's the season 11 queens as well who are really like breaking down boundaries and doing amazing and interesting stuff. Mm. And I like it rewatching season seven for me, I really saw a different kind of side of all those queens. So I might actually go back and rewatch season 11 because I don't think I've ever rewatched it. I think I've only ever watched mm. it the one time that I watched it through when it was, when it was on. Yeah, no, I might do the same maybe over Christmas. Best villain. So... This is the one place that Drag Race Italia gets in. <laughs> the whole season. No. Enorma Jean. Oh, yeah. From, from, I was like, like, are you going to spin this as Lucretia Lubamba again? <laughs> oh, Lucretia Lubamba's pervert sticking out of a bush look. That's the best villain of this entire podcast series. But no, I, 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 I didn't love it. I, I didn't love her as a villain, but I just thought she was so demented. Like, I think that she gave us villain energy in, like, the real meaning of the word. Like, truly just a demented evil witch of a person. Um. Then actually, Jerigi Jerkli mm. as this kind of mm. like 1920s style kind of just like femme fatale in Espana season two. I'm like, mm, chef's kiss. In terms of, I suppose, the the uh, the, the the kind of the, the the American one, I would say that the Tamisha Iman Candy Muse kind of like rotating yeah. mantle of villainess was was pretty near and- perfect. And Miss Fiercelicious. And we haven't mentioned for the actual criminal, Sherry Pie. <laughs> the well, worst villain. There's, a, there's, a, there's another category for her. It's called prison. <laughs> prison category honey. is orange jumpsuits. The house down. Uh, <laughs> most congenial queen. I struggled to know this one more than, than lots of the other ones. Like I, I, Danny Beard, I think just because I think that Danny Beard is amazing mm-hmm. and just like seems so lovely. And I was thinking back throughout their season when like they agreed with like no issues to like, oh, well swap that role and kind of like, you know, helping Pixie out a good bit and like being really supportive. So I really enjoyed doing that. I think Cheddar was great as well uh, in that kind of role as being kind of like a, a stately kind of mother of the, 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 the room. There's lots of those queens who kind of didn't go quite so far, but gave a lot of their kind of motherly vibes to the rest of the room, like to meet or um, Tainomi Banks on, mm. uh, on, in, in Canada. Um, and then like the likes of Silky and Ginger on, uh, or Ginger and, and Eureka on, on All-Star 6 as well. I think both of them had like as kind of a real, I don't know, 
a lovely atmosphere a, a lovely attitude I, I have to say though I, I struggled when I was thinking about this because I just this is showing that you just don't remember the, the <laughs> nice greens finish last in our memory yeah La- nice greens finish last exactly I would have said Davina De Campo because she's been very nice to us we've, we've been able to chat to her since being on the show and you know she's been very friendly and supportive of the podcast and she came across very nice in her show as well. Obviously, we've had Danny Bears on, but we'll see. That is we'll true. see when I submit an interview request next year. <laughs> if they'll be able to come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never we'll go back and think, if, if like, he has congenial. We're too busy. I'm like, fair remember. enough. That's, that's understandable. <laughs> the biggest shock elimination. I went back actually looking through the, the elimination sort of orders of a lot of the seasons. And I... I even though sometimes at a particular moment something feels really shocking when you see it in the, the way it works out, it feels kind of like, okay, so I was thinking about what ones really feel like they completely changed the trajectory of the competition. I think Canada 3, the Lady Boom Boom elimination, mm-hmm. really felt like we were being told one thing by production, then she was eliminated and suddenly it was kind of a bit like if a scramble to figure out who were the people that we should be rooting for. I think River Medway and Theresa May's double elimination yeah. on, on UK season three was just, just like, it came out of nowhere. And it, and also like gutted the heart out of that entire season because it was like the, the two fans, like a cast that was a little bland, then you just like took the two people who were giving the most in terms of like, you know, heart and personality and you, you took two of them out. And then I basically could list off all of the eliminations on UK versus the world. Like Jimbo, Lemon, Pangina, like... yeah. I, I take your. I pick. feel <laughs> if my memory serves me right, it would have been lemon. I just remember you were outraged, and unfortunately, that had been spoiled for me, so I obviously wasn't as shocked. Um, yeah, but I remember no, but you were, because that was that was another one of those situations where conspiracy corner comes into play, where it's kind of like a queen ends up in the bottom that doesn't deserve to be in the bottom, mm. and they obviously go out of their way to kind of paint a picture because it was like they showed her kind of like missing a few steps on her kind of like in her, her choreography during her performance. Her song was really good. I liked it a lot and like it was energetic. It was fun. It was kind of as good as some of the other songs that we saw there. Definitely. And there was a real sense of like, they just wanted to put her in the bottom. So they did that. And I think that the, the show that season, I, I think the elimination process in that season and the fact that Queens were more out to kind of, win than they were to create good television mm. meant that we really lost out on a much better potential season than we got the i'm just thinking now i think uk versus the world was the first season we covered that had the lipstick eliminations because season all size five and also six had the the group vote yeah you're right so that was the first because we didn't we didn't we weren't there for the bend of la creme we weren't around for the manila so really like lemon and pangina and I guess I kind of saw Jimbo coming to a certain degree. Um, you know, they were like the real proper shock eliminations that we actually got yeah. to cover. Other than, yeah. But I think the Treats of May was yeah, a really good no, one to cover too. Definitely. Uh, yeah, no. Absolutely. And also Joe, Joe Black to an extent. Yeah. Well. Joe Black going first. I, I think that was on season two. Now, in the grand scheme of season two, I think it made sense because it actually was like a queen who didn't necessarily fit in with kind of where the competition was going but I was very shocked by that though of course that did then give us the most iconic drag race moment in, in UK and potentially world history with the I don't want to see no fucking H&M 
I do like I think talk, speaking about that though like that was some of those moments I've got a list of some of my favorite moments coming up but like that was one of those moments where like I actually that's where I will miss the podcast because I remember watching that and just thinking I cannot wait to get onto Zoom with Keen to talk about what has just happened. The same with, same with Jumpers <laughs> Blonde's Snatch Game you know I was like yes I know thank god I have this outlet <laughs> in my life because I'm like foaming at the mouth and I remember having, I remember watching Drag Race before we did this podcast and seeing things happen and be like has anyone seen it yet? No. Like texting yeah. to <laughs> who am I going to talk to? So I mean I'm sure people listen to this feel the same <laughs> as we do but yeah it is, it is frustrating. Uh, best season? I, I think for me there's a couple of them that I enjoyed for very different reasons. I think that UK2 is like a standout. Mm-hmm. I think that if it was Actually, UK2 and All Stars 6, I think, were both standouts for me. UK2 in particular, I think, because of the time it was on. Just, like, it was in that that moment in lockdown where, kind of, we'd been in it long enough that it just had kind of become normal. But you were so... So it was, like, a real highlight of the week to have the show on and to be able to come on and talk about it afterwards. Some some weeks, it may have been the only socialising <laughs> I did. <laughs> but, like, I think that, for me, kind of, like, gave it that extra edge. I think Espana Season 2 was really special. And I think Espana Season 2 established that, when done properly, non-Rue-fronted, sort of... Uh, Franchises. Expansions mm. of this franchise can do really, really well. And when they allow them to lean into the format but also bring some of what they have themselves. It just, it can be really special. I thought Espana season two was, was excellent. Um, yeah, so All-Star 6, Espana 2 and UK 2, I think would be the... And All-Star 6, primarily for the winner, just like there was something so satisfying about that redemption arc, particularly being a... Because like you, a, a you were a ginger. Was, you were a prodigy. Because I was going to say, did the was, winner not take yeah. the tracks from All-Star 6 for you? No, do you know, and this is probably one of those things, even looking back on it now, it's kind of like, actually, no, this is, this was really special. And actually, like, looking back at Kylie's loves and looking back at, at Kylie's looks and, like, her performance throughout it, I was like, no, this is a brilliant example of, of, like, first of all, personal growth, but also kind of, like, when a person is allowed to be themselves, how they can flourish. Because if you think back to season two of Drag Race, when she was first on, she was this gnarly kind of you know clearly kind of like very cagey and unhappy person there was a there was an aura rolling off them of just being so like trapped in 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 kind of like in who they were and and being very they were just very angry and kind of gave this like real bitchy energy which couldn't be further from the Kylie Sonique love that we know today Mm. but seeing them then coming out during the reunion of that season and then kind of to come back check in with them like a full decade Mm. later to see that they have grown into this like amazing, amazing person, this amazing performer. It kind of like, it, it's almost like a, a story about, like it's, it's, it's a perfect story about the whole trans issue. It's that like, once you let someone be who they are, they will flourish beyond all, like all belief. So like, I think that for All Star 6, like that's a beautiful story. Like that, that kind of have, it's taken me maybe some time even after, because I, I really wanted I wanted a big girl to win that crown. I wanted Ginger or Eureka to take it, you know, or even Silky, because I was just like, I need a big fat winner from Drag Race. Yeah. <laughs> I'm still waiting for that big fat winner from Lawrence? Drag Race. We will get there someday. <laughs> Lawrence and Danny don't feel like they really fit that brief, okay. but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get there someday. Okay. We want a winner with back rolls. I want a winner <laughs> with back rolls. Um, I agree yeah I I, I agree with All Star 6 like looking back now I think it was 
was actually just really strong. Obviously, the only season we got to d- cover with with Serena Chacha, and like just mm-hmm. a really great range of queens and some really great challenges. Like think of that uh, that that lip that lipstick extravaganza for the halftime show. Totally yeah. amazing. You know, really good snatch game and everything. So yeah. Um, I think it was a really great season, and in a way, yeah, like no, I think was, also was, seven right, it was, it was really could good. have beaten it, but there was just too much jiggery pokery from the producers that I think it ultimately, like it, for me, it kind of soured it because I just felt those last three episodes ruined it overall for me. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you because I think like All Star Seven opened stronger than any series of Drag Race has ever opened, mm. and then like by the end of it, you could kind of see the writing was on the wall, and I, I think that like you know and those i think actually you you only referred to this in your conversation with 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 pixie polite but the, those lip sync for the crown sort of formats can never be even or fair mm. because they will always favor a person for whom lip syncing is the thing they do so if you want to do a sort of a queen of queens competition where you're having sort of like the best of the best from every facet of drag you can't then measure them all against this one skill that not everyone excels at you need to give them a way of kind of like expressing their version of drag drag is is it drag is subjective Tis art is subjective as drag is art and art is subjective 100 percent so that's the best season. What is the best franchise? You know, what's been the most consistent franchise? Espana. You think Espana? Is the best franchise. Interesting. I I think Espana is the best franchise. Yeah, I think definitely. Like, I think that, like, they they have like they got the judging panel right. The Havies are amazing. Whatever name Penelope. <laughs> Anna Loking. <laughs> Anna Loking. Penelope. What's her face? Anna Loking. Whatever it is. <laughs> I was just thinking Penelope Cruz. Okay. But, you okay. Know. Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and and Supreme Deluxe is is someone who has really kind of like come into the the role. Like uh, have, they have a very different take on the the head judge role to uh, to to Rue. The, the casting of the queens has been fantastic. The cultural you know, exchange it, it's been has been to brilliant. Them. Yeah. Exactly, I I think that that it's it's unstoppable for me. I think that it, it is just extremely. It's an extremely exciting franchise. It's it is definitely the only non English language one that I will continue to watch beyond. Um, well, I also will will watch Drag Race Brazil when it eventually arrives. Okay. Well, that's because you'll have your Brazilian boyfriend there to talk you through it all. So well, I will. That's what I say because I will be mandated yeah. to do so. <laughs> Uh, speak about cultural exchange is there like a favourite like tidbit piece of information you know maybe like a singer or a lip sync song that you've learned through Drag Race I mean in terms of like the 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 sort of the the media side of things like there were many 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 lip sync songs that have found their way into my various Spotify wrapped over the last number of years but in terms of I was like what like stuff I've taken away what I've learned from it it actually and this is like to not to, to necessarily bring this to like a place of like Dragula bashing for like the way they've been running the most recent season <clears throat> but I do find one of the strongest things about Drag Race is that it, it has turned itself into a real platform for educating people on queer issues and like I am a person who has been gay for 40 years and I work for the national LGBT organization here in Ireland. And I still learn a huge amount mm. from watching drag race. I like not just around kind of, you know, the, the different parts of our his our shared queer history, but also like about like how people like to identify about how people like to be understood, seeing those like personal journeys and growth, talking more openly about mental health. Like, I think that's something that drag race has really, like has really kind of like thought me over the last couple of years is this sort of, 
I suppose it's around freedom and identity being open to understanding people like that that's I think very special like that's something that this show does exceptionally well you know and sometimes it gets disrupted and you get you get irritated with it because of all the product placement or because mm. the producers are trying to like push a particular individual but you always take something away from it. you always learn something from it and I just think that people outside the queer community if they're watching it in the right you know if they're watching it with the right mindset will also learn a huge amount about how to be respectful in queer venues and queer spaces how to be respectful of their queer friends so I just think I think that's what I've enjoyed learning from the show but in terms of one particular thing that control alt delete song that they did as a, <laughs> as, as a lip sync on rev it like yeah. yeah by rev it 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 found its way to like the top 10 of my spotify wrapped even though i only started listening to it in like october wow. of last year so like that i think i have taken and the 100 pure love absolutely mm. um, I, I have to say yeah. I, I i went into a deep dive of Raffaella cara after italy you know italy it keeps getting some positive mentions but yeah um yeah, I really appreciate that. And I think to your point before about learning about the queer experience and, and, and that sort of stuff, I think I always think of that um, makeover challenge of the Rainbow Railroad in season one of Canada. Absolutely. And I, I, I think yeah. that, that episode should be stored and sent to anybody who's anti-immigration and just say, look, these are people, the, like, you know, you might think that the people coming into your country are, you know, quote, marks like turban wearing terrorists and they just want to like strip away your rights and they want to blow up your country these are the actual people who are coming in the country this is you know these yeah. are the lives they're leaving behind this is how much they put in a risk to take this jump and look for a better life and this is why it's important yeah and actually like I, I, when you were saying that I, I was thinking of the the prom mm. uh, makeover challenge in Canada season two. Canada knows how to do a good makeover challenge <laughs> you know UK does a girl group challenge Canada does its makeover yeah, challenge. Yeah, social issues challenge, you know. Yeah, but yeah, so like, because that, that prom one was so beautiful in how it allowed like those kind of outsiders like really share their own story. And particularly in a climate where we're being told more and more that we need to shield like young people or youth from any information about or any education on like queer issues or queer identities and how, you know, there's this, you know, really making it visible that that's damaging to queer youth that like you know you don't turn 21 and then boom you get a rainbow identity it's like you are a member of the rainbow community right from the time you were born mm. that is who you were who you are and if you are kind of shielded from or not allowed to see that representation aren't allowed to be part of it aren't allowed to have it kind of easily accessible so you can understand yourself it's going to have like really lasting damaging effects and also the people who think it's inappropriate will create an atmosphere where bullies or people who other you know kind of people will be able to pick on you because of what makes you different so i think yeah that that that's important so that's drag race let's talk about the podcast for a bit do you have like a favorite season of sissy that pod that we did so i i think it's uk too mm. like i think there there are so many like yeah i think season 13 and uk too we did the two of them kind of in tandem and i think that period of time of doing it was was really quite like that was or was it season 13 yeah it was season 13 was it no it wasn't yes it was was it season 13? Well, I don't know which one you're talking about. We did that in tandem with, with UK too, yes. That's what I was going to say. I was trying to remember that. But yeah, the two of those together, I think just like, that was a period of time where I kind of felt like I was so invested in in in, in the podcast. We were just kind of like really hearing lots from like people who were like listening and lots of lovely feedback. There was just a real sense of like excitement around it. And I think that 
for me I just will remember doing that and like building up to like we did the the finale the live final for for UK season two live zoom final mm, for, true, for UK yeah. season two and I just remember that being such a just such a lovely event kind of with like I can't remember I can't remember how many people came along to us but like I was surprised by how many yeah. people came along <laughs> to it to just like watch along and listen to us and like kind of all that participation and stuff and like even like seeing people like sharing like on their Instagram or whatever and in their stories like tagging us and just be like oh just like tuning in there it was just that was a lovely lovely season it was very special and I think it, it was helped by the fact that the actual series itself was so was just so perfect and like yeah yeah I'd say season season 2 of UK and then season 13 of um Season thirteen of of uh, of of UK or of US as well, and actually I think as well. So, and this is to 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 a friend of mine who sort of had been maybe struggling, shall we say, with their with their gender identity over a period of time. Mm-hmm. I remember kind of like I got them into to 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 drag race at season thirteen because Got Mick was on the show, and that was something that they could really strongly relate to. And I think that kind of like seeing the sort of fervor that they took from like that they embraced a show with and how much it really helped them through their own kind of journey of like kind of figuring out themselves like that's really special and you you don't get that from a lot of tv shows as much as we bitch about it and complain mm-hmm. about it. <laughs> yeah 100 percent. i actually really enjoyed covering uk season three because even though i don't think it was the best season like i think we had some like some of my favorite guests that we've had on like you know brian dowling we had on it and we got to the live show and stuff like that like so I think we're at a point where we're, you know, we got some really good guests lined up and I was just really excited to make it. And I knew we were doing the finale. So I was like, oh, you know, this is going to be an exciting conclusion. Yeah, the live, the live finale we did, like in-person live finale and head stuff last, uh, last year was, that was brilliant. And then going to the pub afterwards and having a few drinks with like the people who come along, that was such a lovely Mm. night. And And as well, like it is nice when you kind of like, when you get a guest that then kind of like you go on to just be like, Oh, that's a really sound person that like I'll know now when I can like, you know, hang out with or whatever. Yeah. Like Aaron is definitely one of those people. Like it's sort of hundred percent. And then like to be able to get them get them back for, for Clankity Clank earlier this year and kind of bring that element into it as well was, was really lovely. Like Brian Dowling, Yua Hamasaki, Shane Dan Byrne, Maxi Shield, Alison Spittle, like all people that I think we we'd happily have on every week, like you know. I have to say I remember the, the the one that stands out to most me in that that lineup is Maxi Shield because I had gone to Scotland to visit my brother mm-hmm. that weekend. I had arrived over and he had got like this like he'd bought like two kegs of some weird German beer and we sat up till like the middle of the night like drinking and then we had to get up at what I don't even know what time it was we got up at like we were recording early because we were recording on like a Australian oh, yeah, time. Yeah. I was more violently hungover <laughs> than I have ever been. In my entire life. Oh, so it not was, a great time with Maxi Shield. It was incredible. <laughs> well, it was incredible. That leads us on to my next question is, do you have a favourite guest? Look, uh, we have our, I have my favourite. Like pretty much Definitely. everyone we have on, we do really like, we'd love to hang out with them. We love their insights on the show. Yeah. But yeah. do you have like a really favourite guest? I think Flo and Joan are yeah. probably my, my like, my number one. Because it's just like, they were... And also just like, I like the kind of way that they came about them being on the show. Like I saw this like random lockdown video that they made that I thought was really funny. And I just like really became obsessed with like their little YouTube videos. Mm. And then I was like, we need to try and get these people on. We need to try. And then they actually came on and they were so funny and so into it and tuned in and so lovely. 
and then the episode that they covered I just because I still remember like it was the Blair St. Clair wore this like horrible outfit with these like really long like brown trousers and like we went off on this weird tangent talking about how it looked like she'd been dipped in a tea <laughs> tank and it was like it was just like it was just like a really kind of you know funny conversation um, and I yeah I really enjoyed that and then like every time we had them back or when we've had them back since it was it was always just like that same kind of fun energy yeah. with them so I definitely say them but I like I, I also like I don't know there's lots of like amazing Irish kind of people that we've had on like Kaylee MUA is fantastic mm. I loved every time we could get to have like I know Fanula kind of dipped or Fanula Jones kind of like dipped in and out of Drag Race so like we'd only have her on like once or twice but I always loved her chats. Connor Bean was also always very good. Lisa Sherry was great. Like we have had yeah. so many really fun people on the show and it's just been so great to have people come in with that like real positive fun energy and wanted to talk about it. So yeah, no, that, uh, yeah, everyone, like uh, everyone gets a legendary legend so- star from James, except that one person I referred to earlier who hadn't watched the episode. <laughs> and then finally, do you have a favorite <laughs> moment doing the podcast? Oh, so I when when you sent me the list in this favorite moments thing, I was like, oh, my favorite moments of the show overall. So I have those listed. Okay. Out. We can talk about that in a minute. But I, I, I think that like the one thing that I I keep thinking back to, like my favorite kind of moment was when we had Bunny on for the episode, Miss Bunny O'Hare mm. on from the second episode, and she was just she was doing this impression of the Vivian, and she of doing the Vivian being like, who's gorgeous bin bag is this? <laughs> And who's put 50p in Cheryl? And I was like, I, I, yeah, I just thought that that was like, I, I, I just remember really laughing at that and really enjoying it. And in that moment, kind of think, like, this is really fun. I'm like, this is something really, I'm glad that I'm doing this. Yeah. I think that, that one always stands out to me. It's one of those, mo- it's one of those callback moments I always have. Yeah. Like the, there was definitely this real sort of, um, raw excitement I think at the start because we were with another network and we would record in town and we'd give up our Thursday evenings and we'd watch with the guests and then like I always remember leaving that studio and it was like a Thursday night and town was always really busy and people you know there was throngs of people around and there was a uh, drop dead twice we'd do the viewing party around the corner and I just sort of felt like yeah there was just like a real live energy around the place now people a lot of people just do podcasts over Zoom and it's definitely a lot very convenient but there was something i don't know really sort of exciting about that time as well yeah no there definitely was there there definitely was and i think that like i've really enjoyed every time more or less every time when we got to to record in heads of mm. over the last like couple of years since we moved on to to move to with them you know th- there is something really special about actually being in the studio with the people that you're you're going to record it it does kind of just like add this extra level to it even if it is not the most convenient thing in the world <laughs> Uh, do you want to shout out some of those moments you prepared the favourite moments you've covered on the show yeah and this is like a lot of these come from what I realised is actually that the cast songs on Drag Race have just like left an indelible mark on my psyche okay some of the lines that like live on forever like I'm a gay ass bitch I'm Joey J Filler Queen plot twist I came to slay (laughs) Kiki wanna kai kai Mm -hmm. Um, Scarlet no no looks are a bobo (laughs) Tamisha, the man is coming for you. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, yeah, I, I think that like that was, you know, some of those lines have, have just like, they, they live uh, in, in my life. The, the like, the probably one of my most rewatched, my mo- I will say it, my most rewatched Drag Race clip from the last many, many years is the Priyanka versus Kiara, I drove all night. Really? I remember 
just it but it's literally like and this is like the campus thing ever but it's literally for that one moment where Priyanka walks to the back of the stage and does this dramatic turn and like strides and I was like it was like literally like the, the rest of the lip sync is great but it's just I'll that moment it's it. like oh yeah bitch yeah. For my most rewatched Drag Race moment is uh, Monet Exchange and Valentina lip syncing to Into You in All Stars 4 uh, yeah that, I, I that love is that also bit. a fabulous and when when um you know, it's the chorus, the final chorus, and Valentina is just like spinning around. People are screaming. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just love it. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's pretty much it. Then I think it's it's time to to say our goodbyes. This episode is going to end though. We've 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 unearthed some some audio from the past. Found footage like the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> I mean, when you listen to the audio quality, <laughs> so <Not> far off. <laughs> so, in 2018, I was doing a music podcast with my friend Sarah called Selected, and we would do this bit on the show where we would get a guest in and we'd let them choose six songs to share with us. We called it six song selection, and we just see. Where the music took us And we'd ask the person about their lives And one of the people we had on Was James Who heard us interview Victoria's Secret I think And you know Volunteered yourself And as an up and coming podcaster I was like we need to reach out to these fellow up and coming podcasters And you came to my apartment in Clontarf I remember you felt you were lost I think (laughs) I I think you called me from outside being like Is this the right place? Yes, I think that is correct. Yeah, I was very confident until I think I got there when I was like, what if I'm not in the right place? Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so we did it. We had a lovely conversation. It was a cold, dark. It was a cold, dark evening. I spilled all of my secrets. Yes. <laughs> not really. <laughs> we stayed in contact. Sarah and I then came on the Big Gay Bucket List. And then the podcast came about basically because we were in contact we were doing kind of bits of podcast stuff for each other and you had the idea of let's have a podcast that's ready to go when Drag Race UK launches and here we are exactly I know and I do I still remember at that time you were like I don't think I can commit to that I don't think I can commit to that I'd be happy to like help you as kind of like an exec producer or like whatever that would be it's like, <laughs> not part of 2019 <laughs> like I'm I'm Darren Starr uh, <laughs> and I was like, okay, right. Well, I don't know who else I would be able to do it with. But then you softened your edges. Oh, I just had FOMO. I couldn't miss out on it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and now the reins yeah. are being... I'm happy to exec produce from here on out, kid, if you want me to. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yes, that is our you this is that is our origin story that you are about to hear. Um so I hope you enjoy that. But now James I want to thank you for being my co-host and business partner for the last three years and uh we'll still be in touch. I'm sure you'll come back in the pod when somebody cancels on me last minute, which always happens. And for now, I think it's time for me to tell you to sashay away. Well, like all the best conspiracy theorists, I got cancelled in the end.
Thank you for coming in today. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Do you want to tell us a bit about the podcast for those who haven't listened? Yeah. So the podcast is basically um, myself and my friend Stephen and then Martin, who does our kind of tech stuff. He, we got interested in the idea that there's a load of shared experiences that people have. Mm-hmm. I mean, everyone has shared experiences in life, but particularly within the gay scene, there's a lot of stuff that people will do and experience in very different ways. So we kind of thought that it would be nice to do something where you take a different experience each week and you talk about how you've gone through it or how you've experienced it or maybe sort of uh, offer some advice on what your life has or offer some advice and kind of what you feel is a good way to approach something. Yeah. So we take kind of, you know, uh, from the sort of more serious topics like coming out or realizing you're gay through to the more frivolous stuff, mm-hmm. so kind of like hooking up or apps and that kind of stuff. And it's always a good laugh. Yeah. We we made the decision right in the first recording that we were going to be just completely honest and open and uh, just sort of like open That's our chest and look at be, my yeah. heart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. See me for who I am. Yeah. Of course. And it's, it's a great vehicle for me to share some of like my more mortifying stories. Because, yeah, you know, exactly. if I've had to live through them, at least being able to share them with the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. I'm always like, at least I can laugh at this. As soon as something embarrassing happens to me, I'm like, I can't wait to tell people yeah, about yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. It's, yeah, it's exactly, I don't know if there's a BBC Three program from a million years ago called Pulling. And there's okay. a, character in, a character in that called Karen, and she was like giving out to someone and basically said, at least you'll have a good story when the shame fades. And that's like <laughs> the motto by which I live. Really like, like, yeah, so at least I'll cool. have a good story when the shame fades. Yeah. Yeah. And usually it doesn't take long for the shame to fade. Yeah. <laughs> like two days. Yeah, exactly. If even that. If yeah, even like that. three if you were drunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, once you remember what it was oh, in the first place. Oh, it yeah. haunts you like a week it. later. And you're like, <laughs> that, that is the actual, that is the worst though. So on like, after being out on like a big night on a Saturday, like two days later, Tuesday, you're sitting in work and suddenly this sort of like, Wave. the colour <laughs> drains out of your face. It's just like, oh my God, I did what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Can't. And so how did the three of you know each other? Like how did they come about? So we, we met through the Emerald Warriors. Um, okay. We, and they, are. They are the LGBT inclusive rugby team. Okay. Um, so they're they're very inclusive. They want players who can't play at all, um, and also players who can. Okay. <laughs> we want to be as bad as possible. We saw that program, the Redford Reject, and we said we're going to make <laughs> <Yeah>. that happen. <laughs> but no, so we uh, we all at different stages joined that. I think Martin had played rugby before, okay. um, or or certainly is the more sporty of the, the the three of us. So when I got involved, when myself and uh, Stephen kind of joined, the two of us realized that we don't really have that competitive edge that you okay. need to to, to be. <laughs> Yeah, to play sports. To, be, to play sports, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Stephen stayed quite involved in the, the committee side of things uh, and in, in the fundraising side of stuff. And then I've kind of just tacked on to the side and, and whenever they, they want some kind of showboat to come out and drag, I'm like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we know, we know each other through that. And it's, um, it's well, actually, it's, it's been a great way to meet a lot of, a lot of people. It's okay. Been, yeah, fun team to and then how does it go from, from rugby to podcasting? Um, so... I think myself and Stephen, we we are quite opposing characters and we like to debate and we like to kind of really talk things through. And and he, I think it's quite funny because I have quite like a a, a positive demeanor and I'm sort of, you know, kind of light and and he's sort Mm -hmm. of more of a dark, dark sided type of person. (laughs) So Martin, uh, through being out with us, uh, sort of saw the the way we interacted and thought that it was, uh, it was quite interesting. And then separately that myself and Martin bonded extensively over our love of just podcasts. Podcasts. We, okay. we listened to so many of them and we were, we were kind of like, oh, it'd be so much fun to do that. And he was like, yourself and Stephen have a really good chemistry. You should really like yeah. doing something. So after we workshopped like a different ideas for probably a year before we were like, eventually, let's just do this. Yeah. <laughs> it might not be the best idea, but it's all we've got. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Fair enough. Yeah. So, Co, you've chosen some music 
music for us today. I have. How did you decide on these six songs? So I looked back over my life to date and oh picked, wow, this is yeah, a I deep, know this is this introspective is really deep. dig. Get 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 ready. We're, we're deep diving <laughs> into my soul. Okay. Year five. <laughs> That's it. How long do we have? Three, four hours. <laughs> I should have brought tissues. Actually. Yeah. Yeah, we'll need them. Um, <laughs> but so I look back over over my life and picked songs that that I. First off, songs that I listen to constantly, songs that okay. I listen to a lot, songs that are like really uh, I still listen to and I go back to a lot, and also songs that like I can really connect to a particular moment or really connect to a particular experience that I've had, um, and that, that either represents something kind of positive or something kind of negative. Mm-hmm. So that's how I wanted to do it because I thought that that's the best way to make a more authentic list. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what's the first song? So the first song is "Rebellion" by the Arcade Fire. Rebellion. Bracket lies <laughs> by the Arcade Fire, um, and I chose that song because I remember. So, I have been through a lot of phases, and at one point I was super, super, super into music. I'm sort of less so now, a bit less okay. connected to it. But um, I, I remember back when I was in college when this album came out. It, first of all, it took over the the student taste. I was, I was yeah, in. like it just it was. It was the album that kind of. Just- Burst down the doors, yeah, and everyone really was like, "Oh my god, who are it Arcade Fire?" Sort of defining the that sort of uh, that moment in 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 Taney Road out in, in Dundrum. But I remember going to see them at um at Electric Picnic. I think it was like two thousand and five or okay, yeah. Was, mm-hmm. And it, that sounds it about was, right. Yeah. It, it was just the the most amazing live experience I've ever had in my entire life. I remember just feeling just so with the crowd and like the energy in the room was was unbelievable like it was just it, it was like nothing I'd ever experienced before mm-hmm. I'd been to like gigs before or whatever that was just in that kind of like early phase of going to sort of big music festivals as well as well and it, it sort of and, and was it like the the wall of sound or was it the collective singing it was it was it was the it was the matching of both of those. So it was okay. the band producing. You could see, you could read from the band that they were like, this is they a show that's it. going to be yeah. remembered. Yeah. yeah, And you could feel from the audience like this is just that sort of a special moment that you don't get very many mm-hmm. of. And I think it just, it converted me then to just music festival entirely. Nick, you've been to Oxygen. Yeah. Anything at any other festivals you want um, to tell us about? Yeah. So, God, I've been to a couple of them. The my favorite one that I, I went to Rock on Sen a few years ago, mm-hmm. actually, and it was and we're talking about Arcade Fire, so this kind of it, it, it ties in. <laughs> I said, oh. but so uh, they were headlining that year, and um, Rock on Sen is amazing. It's in like it's in the middle of Paris. Wow. It's in like a park in the middle of Paris, and. Um, Arcade Fire didn't judge the crowd correctly then. It had been like a weird day where it was super sunny in the morning so everyone was kind of sunburned but then suddenly okay. it got really overcast and started raining so everyone was like Sizzling. sunburned wearing shorts and t-shirts. Yes. And the yeah, rain was hurting everyone's Steve. skin. <laughs> and your man, was it Wynn Butler, is that his name? I can't remember. He, he um, midway through the set, like the 
the crowds were kind of leaving because the deluge was, was going on and it was like you know people were kind of losing a bit of interest and the the, the little girl the girl who's in the band I can't remember her name yeah. was sort of screaming like oh please please stay don't go oh desperate how desperate is that and your man Win Butler is like yeah, stay and watch us because of the horrific things that you did to the people in Haiti oh, and started giving oh them a political God. like kind oh of like God. and then suddenly like it was an act of God but suddenly the, the rain just sort of collected and started like going directly in to the thing and they had to be brought off stage oh, like the rain started like at the, and there was like sparks coming off their electrical oh, equipment and everything so <laughs> it was show. Um, but I, in Ireland I was, I was at sea sessions a couple of times yeah I keep wanting to go to that every yeah. time that's on the weather is amazing I know I feel they have some sort of direct route to the absolutely yeah, do. Yeah. Yeah, but they've got someone up there looking out for them it's, it's a fun festival to go to because it's kind of you know the music is a little bit secondary mm. but, and I feel like that like at, at Electric Picnic or Oxygen I'm not okay with that so if you go to Electric Picnic you go to see the music mm. but at sea sessions you're like oh, they're not really bands I care about yeah. <laughs> I'll go out in the piss I'll go surfing yeah. Yeah. I don't feel, the smaller ones I don't feel guilty for sitting missing, around as yeah. much yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. Where, whereas in reality, we should feel more guilty because these are the like they, they need us. Yeah, they really need support. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So you always go the luxury route, I suppose. You can. Oh, you can, but I just it's feel like, like that's a cheating. Holiday. That you, could, yeah. you could leave Ireland for that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. No. Absolutely. And I, I don't you know. I, I, I do love music festivals. I, I went back to Electric Picnic two or three years ago after a break of about a decade, and um, it, it brought me back to my youth. But I realized. That I'm now too old for this. Okay. I, I need I need like a nice Airbnb. Yeah. Or or, or perhaps even my own room in a hotel. Yeah. You know? My um, my brother would be partial to kind of getting an Airbnb or even a B and B in the local area. So then like one year he was working it and he it was two years ago and it was a Saturday night. Yeah. And it was pissing rain. Like oh I'm talking that rain that just Yes. Oh, I was at that one. Oh, oh it was God. Awful. I left. I this is this is this is terrible. This is like Princess James. I literally I left <laughs> that night. I left. I, I got down so there. Like, like, you want to ring your mom? Like you want to ring someone who oh, look after you? You're like, please come. Please just get come me. and get me. I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I remember that year. I um I went down there on the Friday. We arrived in kind of early in the day. We were getting ourselves all set up. I was like, this is gonna be great fun. Yeah. Saturday it rained all day, and by like seven oh. o'clock on the Saturday evening, I was just like, I don't care how yeah. much money I've spent yeah, on this experience. This. It's not worth it yeah. anymore. <laughs> and I like stormed back, got my stuff, left my tent behind, and then just walked and got a bus. I think I, I walked for about like two hours oh, before yeah. I finally got on the bus back to Dublin. And everyone's like, where are you going? You're going the wrong way. I was like, no, I'm going my own way. Yeah. It's the right way. Yeah. <laughs> I had this very similar experience. I was working. So it was like 1am and all my mates were like texting me like, oh, when are you going to be off? And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like yeah. whenever they say I can be off. So anyway, we finish up, wrap up at about one. And it was like, I was sopping. I was even yeah. wearing like a proper like North Face jacket that is made for this weather. And I was drenched. So I fumble back to my, we were, we were in um, the arts. You know, I was yeah. like, we were in like the arts uh, or the artist camp. Place, yeah. Because one of my friends was like doing some sort of talk or something. So she has like a peanut allergy or lentil allergy or something. And had eaten a lentil that day. So she was in. Singular. <laughs> probably I think it may have eaten a single lentil. lentil. <laughs> one lentil. She had cocooned herself in the tent in the dry part of the yeah. tent because the rest of the tent was like something. flooded was yeah. pretty much flooded and I just said to her because she texted me and I was like just take anything <clears> and just wrap yourself in it so she had uh, everything that belonged to me on yeah. top of her body and I walked in and she was just like this little head <laughs> and I was just like there's no way I can fucking sleep here no so luckily my brother rang me and he had a glamping tent yeah and he was staying out he ha- so he had both and he's like oh yeah so he had a glamping tent that he wasn't sleeping in yeah he was kind of given to it because he, he was given it 
he, someone gave it to him because he was in the. I need to make these connections. Yeah, <laughs> he, was, yeah he was. He's a good person. Now he rang. He was like, "Yeah, just take it. It's booth number, whatever." Finish. Yeah. And I was like, "Fuck, okay, I'll try." Because I had like an access all areas. Yeah. I was working, and I walk up to the reception of glamping, which was five people were sitting there, and they all looked nice. So five people were employed at the glamping reception. That's what I fucking thought. <laughs> I go, guys, do you know where um, booth whatever is or camp or whatever? And they were the guys were just like, let me check my notebook. And I was, they were just drunk and they weren't even working. And I was so frustrated. I was like, someone to show me. And then this girl kind of was like, guys, I don't think she's she's up for the laugh. And I was like, I'm not yeah. up for the laugh. I just want to go to bed. She's like, I'll show you. And she brought me down. But after that experience of glamping, holy crap. Mm, it, it changed your life. Changed my life. Okay. Dairy or a dairy milk tray, a table, a, du- a feather duvet. Sorry, oh, like like a like a milk like a box tray. Of Sorry, milk, tray. milk tray. Yeah. Oh with, my with god. The bed. You've got double bed, feather duvet, and two pillows. Well, I'd have to stop now. The feather duvet because I'm asthmatic. Well, so. that's your. So that's oh, your right. You can never I'm out. I'll take the milk tray and go. <laughs> you can take the milk tray and sit in the corner and just rock. <laughs> you would have yeah. expected hypo- hypoallergenic. Duvets. Yeah. I don't know. Toilets are amazing. There was even fra- there was framed pictures above the loo. Oh my god! Of who? Of what? Like country scenes. I don't know why I assume you'll be of a person. The headliner. Oh look, Dua Lipa. It was amazing though. You th- actually, so you worked at that. Though. You you always think that that's going to be a great way. You're like, oh, I'm going to get a sneaky ticket. No. It's no, it doesn't. It's not. It's awful. I I worked at Oxygen a couple of years ago, many years ago, and I worked for this company that I don't, I don't know how if they succeeded. I, I hope they did. I wish them well I certainly didn't turn up for any of the shifts after the first one but uh, it, it was called Steamy spelled S-T-E-A capital and then the rest of the word Steamy okay. and you basically walked around the campsite with this like massive like rucksack of boiling water on your back and like a sort of utility <laughs> belt of teas and coffees That's and so oh, oh I know absolutely but like, you started you started out at like you started out at like I, I think my first shift started at like half five in the morning and you're walking around and you have to shout like if you don't you get reprimanded if you don't just no even worse than that want to get steamy in your tent (laughs) (laughs) that sounds wrong it was and then like you basically how after how many shouts did that tear your soul apart oh the first one (laughs) Do you want to get steamy? And the problem is that all you're attracting is like angry people who've woken up and like drunks who are still like on it from the night yeah. before. Except so, I've never like craved a cup of tea now at a festival. Oh, no, I've, neither like, have I. I've craved a pot noodle. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, how much did you have to drink? Pasapalooza, <laughs> they used to have a band that had cup cu- or pot soups, pot noodle. That's exactly what you want in a rainy afternoon. Uh, I don't know. Exactly. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. I'm gonna, I'm gonna support you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I'd rather a couch and like a roof over my head. You know. <laughs> That's what a pot noodle is in a, in a little. That's jar. true. <laughs> liquid, liquid roof. <laughs> Do you have like a favorite moment from a festival like that, like either here or abroad? Or? Oh God! So I have pr- probably my my favorite moment ever for a festival. It was actually seeing Arcade Fire in two thousand and five. Okay, that that that, that just like it, it's yet to be beaten. I've seen mm-hmm. a few. I've got like four that really come to mind as being kind of bands that just kind of blew my mind. Um, I, remember I saw like Florence and Machine maybe two thousand and seven, just as Lungs kind of was. Oh yeah, or, mm-hmm. um, was just kind of blowing up and it was like unreal again it was that moment mm-hmm. kind of where you caught someone just as everyone knew right what was happening yeah. and it was yeah, yeah. Uh, and is, then, that, is that the one that was an oxygen was it? it was an oxygen oh, and it was in that weird like Nokia tent okay yeah Um, but yeah it was it was really really good and then 
Shamir. If, yeah. Yeah. He, he was playing in at like Oxygen or was it Electric Picnic? Electric Picnic like two years ago. Okay. Like two years ago, three years ago. And uh, he, um, no one else knew him except me. Okay. <laughs> I was just like, I'm, I'm trying to remember like, that, hey. that big song of his, all right. On but the I remember, oh, yeah, that's, that's so, so yeah. I I'm because I thought it was a woman originally because he has yeah. that really interesting androgynous voice. He kind, does, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he's he's really cool. I like him. And then Patrick Wolf as well. Patrick we'll talk about later. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, we have another song, so if you want to do Patrick Wolf, you can. It's I have to. I have to do them in order. Okay, no I have problem. To, I've, I've put them into like. Uh, okay. I'm oh, sorry. This, this is, is like, this is my. So your soul. I'm talking anthology. about. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what's that song number two? Song number two is uh, "Ghosting" by Mother Mother, mm-hmm. who are a um, kind of an indie pop rock band from Victoria Island in in Canada, Canada just outside yeah. Vancouver. And I discovered them when I was doing my... Uh, I wasn't cool enough to go to Australia, so I got sent to Canada. 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 Sent. <laughs> yeah. You will go They're to like, Canada. No, Fuck you, off to Canada. Exactly, yeah. Don't come down under <laughs> and try and ruin our party. Get yourself over there and get a sensible job. But actually, I did it a bit later than um, than, than most other people. Like, I think most people do that kind of right after college. They mm. head off mm. on their, their year away. Whereas I kind, of, I kind of meandered around here at home, kind of not really knowing what to do. And then a friend of mine was like, well, we go to Canada. And I said... Yeah, sure. Look, be lovely. What else am I doing? (laughs) (laughs) And we we ended up picking Vancouver kind of just randomly. I don't I can't remember why we ended up picking there, but we went there, and it was it was an amazing year. It was it it was it was sort of a a year of of self discovery. Kind of, I I realized that I had been meandering, and I was like, I need to start giving myself some more direction. I need to start giving myself. uh, I need to start uh, being owning who I am a bit more because up until that point, I've been very kind of like. been trying to create different versions of myself okay. based on whatever situation I was in or even just I was like this is the person I want to be I'm going to run as fast as I can at it but I never would actually get there and I'd mm-hmm. never feel mm-hmm. comfortable and then yeah. you know so I was like in Canada I sort of was like okay I took a moment to breathe and I remember particularly listening so this this song is from an album called Oh My Heart which is the, the, the album of theirs that was out at the time I was over yeah. and I remember walking around Vancouver which is one of the most beautiful cities in the world mm-hmm. I mean, kind of not, but um, it is one of the most... I was in there briefly, but it was very nice. The, view, the yeah. views are spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was walking around kind of Kitsilano on the beaches and I remember listening to this and just sort of feeling kind of... It just gave me this moment to stop and think and, and, and sort of decide who it is I wanted to be going forward and to sort of sort of own up to some maybe the mistakes that I'd made and sort of the, like, the way I've kind of okay. myself right And I, it just was a... Yeah, so it's a, pers- a personal, uh, personal anthem for me. So in your podcast, you do your living for coming for thing. Where did that originate from? What was like? Where did that come from? Let's do this segment. Do, do you know? Actually, it was it. It wasn't going to be a segment in the in the podcast. We had a um. We had just thought that we were going to just try and we were basically trying to emulate throwing shade. We want mm-hmm. that to be yeah. <laughs> Love a good rant. Yeah. So I notice the coming for it gets a lot more airtime than the living for. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I try and balance it out every now and again. The, the living fours are never that fun. No. no. It's always like people, people want fucking hate right now. Yeah. Wow. People want to hear passion, and people are more passionate yeah. when they're annoyed normally. So. No, absolutely. So we we had um, 
we we had the obviously the the co-host catch up, and then we had the uh, the main topic, and we kind of realized we needed something to to kind of top it off. And to be fair, Stephen is absolutely hilarious. If he gets a bee in his bonnet over something, he just will not <laughs> let it go. And we yeah. happen to be we happened to be recording one time for uh, for like kind of an early version of the podcast that didn't actually become it, and he went on this rant about. You know in Aldi, the way they have like the, the um, what's that thing called? The, the barcodes. Yeah. The barcodes yeah. run the entire Massive. length. Yeah. yeah. He was furious that they were like, that this is, he thought that this is like an absolute, like, this is So it was, a, it was a giant barcode. You know in, in Aldi and Little, they have the, like, the say entire it's length a book, of the product. The whole product is a barcode. The barcode. Yeah. Okay. Much, yeah. yeah. So he was, he just, he went on this rant for a solid five to ten minutes about how this was like disrespect to the consumer and how, <laughs> how Aldi was trying to like, put us through like cattle and they needed to give it respect and how you want to go and you want to have a bit of a chat with the woman at the oh, table no, you can't that, even do that do you think that. the barcodes are big so that they can beat them as quick as possible yeah well that's what he thinks I think that's I, I don't, why I else don't, would they be that big I, I, don't, I don't know I, I was thinking maybe printing costs <laughs> should you yeah I've got, I've, we're, did we're it going just deep scale up badly did it <laughs> yeah. I feel like it was like their first batch they just like oh fuck the barcode's massive I'll just make it like that it's, that's fine that's the yeah. it was a mistake that, it was a mistake they, they went it, yeah. now, they're, now they're owning it yeah. um, no I do I do think it possibly is because basically they like the, the stuff is coming down and they're just like beep beep like yeah. throwing it down mm. the rest of it but uh, so he went to this and it was, went to this rant about this and it was absolutely hilarious and <laughs> We tried to capture it in other ways and try to bring it more into the like the main discussion and it didn't work and we we're like this needs its own place yeah because basically the coming for a living for a section is Stephen's section it's, it's not even mine <laughs> he he owns it I can't compete I yeah. I have nothing I have nothing to to add to it I I try to be like the Disney princess and and he's the like evil villain and he's just brilliant to <laughs> <into> the <laughs> very good because yeah, you wanted you said you I some... I love a rant yeah I do I love a rant I love giving out about things you're saying that ranting is so much easier than praising oh things. it absolutely yeah. is yeah it's so hard to pick something that you like like enough to get sort of excited about it mm. but it's so easy to find something that you're annoyed about to yeah. really go and to also time. like you have to pick something that you like and the other person likes and everyone at home knows enough about that they yeah. can share yes, in the like exactly, as well yeah. so unless it's like you know you know tato crisps like no one else is gonna know yeah that, but if you talk about public transport <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> like at the moment <laughs> my public transport situation is driving me insane they changed the chimes of my train to fit the train that people are already on but they get on mine it's kind of like a connector yeah. train so we're all sitting there quarter past eight waiting for our train to leave but the other do the trains late so you have to wait 15 minutes for this fucking train and all these <laughs> bastards getting off the train hopping on oh it's comfy that's still here and I'm like I'm now going to be 15 minutes yes. late for it because this shit so that's no, it, get it, me <laughs> you're coming for that yeah. listen up here and there and you were going to get an angrily worded email no probably a tweet because I feel like they react better to a tweet that's yeah. true nowadays that, that's how you have to yeah. complain like you can't you can't just complain by email because like, no, no one, one will see it like yeah. my Gymshark my gym Gymshark they're like this 26 year old fucking English boy comes up with gym clothes and they're all very like they make you look amazing but yeah. they're not functional at all you definitely can oh, sweat through Oh, is this the one them. that was sweat, sweaty? Yeah. Sweat through, oh. may I say. I had to leave the gym. That's how sweaty I got. And I fucking emailed them. First of all, I emailed them saying, this has happened to me, very embarrassing. 
I wanted my money back yeah. or something, you know. But they were like, we're not giving you your money back. It's all sweaty. They go, can I, we have photos? And I go, oh, yeah, I'll send you sweaty photos of my fucking crotch if you want them. <laughs> send them on. And they knew exactly what my problem was. And then they emailed me back like 10 minutes ago. Yeah, sorry, we can't help you. We can't determine how much each person sweats. <laughs> how is that even? And then I'm like, I read that this fucking company is worth like 100 million. So they, of course, don't give a fuck about me. No. They don't give a shit. They don't but give a fuck. And it's a 26-year-old and little they, asshole just oh, there, like... Young people being successful. I oh, hate it. He doesn't care about my sweaty crotch. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he cares about the money in his bank account. Yeah. That's the problem with big business these days. They don't yeah, care about our sweaty crotches. <laughs> okay, what's well, song number three? <laughs> yeah. um, song number three is... The Magic Position by Patrick Wolf, mm-hmm. which is a song I listen to just all the time. Um, and it kind of just puts me in a good mood. It's one of those songs that kind of, it, you can't help but just sort of bop along to it when it's playing in the yeah. background. Um, I, I picked it because it's sort of, it's nice to have a song that's kind of gay, that's also happy. Because yeah. we don't tend to get that a huge amount. Like, you mm. know, even, like a lot of times with gay stuff, it tends to have to be kind of miserable and mean. You yeah. Know, sort of like we've got all got AIDS and we're not going to have happy relationships. And it's nice just to have someone that's just an explosion of colour. Like, yeah, this is wonderful, isn't it? Beautiful day. So you spoke there about gay themes in music. I think it is getting better, though. I think they are getting yeah, more absolutely. of it. Yeah. Um, but I remember hearing, like, a sort of what, reading a piece on Sam Smith that last album he had out, yeah. and how he didn't want to use gender-specific pronouns and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, how, what would you think about that? What do you think about you know them watering it down for? Oh, I don't. Appeal? I don't know. Like, there's part of me that does kind of like in in all situations, you kind of need uh, the. What's that thing called that swings back and forth? Pendulum. Pendulum. The pendulum probably does need to go too far the other way to come back to meet in the middle. So we've had like a very, you know, it was very, very, very taboo to to be openly gay within sort of music or movies for generations Mm -hmm. since movies and music began. And I do think it would be good to kind of see it go like that little bit further, more obviously the other way. And then it can come back to the middle and we can start thinking about, well, maybe like all songs should be gender neutral. But that's kind of boring. Mm. I don't know. Actually, no, I'm coming out. I've taken it back. (laughs) No, I think that's... Fuck the pendulum. (laughs) But I think that if you're... If, if you're producing something authentic and it's about mm-hmm. something or someone, story, a yeah. story, then yeah. it needs to be expressed about the person that it's about. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I think it, it's nice. And it's also nice as a gay person to hear a man sing a song about being in love with a man or hear a woman yeah. sing mm. a song about being in love with a woman and, and kind of feeling that little kind of moment of like, yeah, this is like, this is me and my life. And mm-hmm. not that you're excluded from well, I suppose this is it. If I say to people who think that they don't like it, it's like, well, we don't feel excluded from when Mariah Carey sings All I Need for Christmas is You. We know she's singing about a man and we're okay with that. Yeah. And we don't feel excluded from mm. that. But then, you know, on the other side, you, you don't have to feel excluded from the songs for men about your singing about men. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Cool. yeah. Oh, that's okay. And um, I was also wondering as well, like, what do you think it is about 
to the, the gay culture and music. Like, it's such a strong bond. Like, I always think the projectile of particularly female singers is, like, you know, underground, and then they blow up, and they have peak height, and everyone loves them. Yeah. And then they just have a gay following then after they, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> as they mature into their career. Like, <laughs> wonder what, what, what do you think is the, the relationship there? I think that, I think that gay men really relate to strong, powerful women, because mm-hmm. I think it's kind of almost... Uh, it's about that person who sort of has fought to be themselves and like yeah. fought through the crowd of people trying to yeah. change who they are. Um, so, I mean, like, we, we also, we like someone who's a bit flawed because it's sort of, I suppose, I think it's, they're, they're relatable, um, you know, and I think that, that that is something that we people really warm to. And, yeah, it's about kind of fighting through, see, sorry. <laughs> it's about... Um, someone who's kind of fought through some adversity or fought through a, a situation where maybe they weren't sort of allowed to be themselves to like, say, no, I'm standing up, this is who I am and yeah. that's, uh, uh, that's just going to be it. And then I think that's kind of what the gay audience relates to. I, I do think there's a slightly negative side to it as well and that we do kind of then tend to like idolise people who are maybe uh, expressing kind of uh, actions where, where they might need more sort of help rather than sort of a load of people standing around going yeah yeah <laughs> but i mean like i i, I absolutely adore carrie Tona. i think she's amazing she she's just the most fun person in the world and i would love to like be in her life uh, but then i'm like is that problematic because uh she's clearly like on a big roller coaster of personal <laughs> issues that i want to take advantage of yeah <laughs> so okay very good all right we have sound number four song number four is step by Vampire Weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and this song I picked, it's, I went through a phase when I was, like a couple of years ago, um, where I was using songs that I liked a lot as the, the like, the, um, the alarm for my phone. Now I think that's yeah. a very bad idea. It's a terrible idea. And you hate it. Because then you, yeah. hate, you associate it with the worst time of the day, which is when you you're really woken do. from your slumber. I, I've like completely killed the AAS for myself because... Oh God, okay. <laughs> for you your... wake up to off with your head. They had a song called Why Control and I remember it sort of starts with like a bit of like a... Yeah. And I just, that now is just imprinted into my mind, just like, oh, oh. no, I don't want to go to work. But um, when I met my my ex-partner, during that sort of first kind of amazing first couple of months, we, I had that as the, um, as the, the alarm. The alarm phone. Yeah. It brings you back into that moment. And it sort of, I don't know, just sort of brings you back to that feeling of like, I can... I know that this is a terrible mistake and I know that I absolutely shouldn't get with this person but okay. I don't care I'm just going to skip down the road anyway all these red flags just look like beautiful festive bunting <laughs> oh, they're all coordinated <laughs> yeah, beautiful um, but yeah and it, it sort of um, it, it allows me because I, I don't know like you know you have breakups and it's, it's really reactionary to kind of think when a relationship ends oh that's a failure and I think yeah. it's kind of I, I like to kind of reclaim it a little bit and be like, no, look, it had moments that were were, were nice. You know, when I package this up into a nostalgic little uh, montage mm-hmm. of the nice times, it's not something to regret. It is something that like there was a lot of positives from. Um, but so that this song in particular just brings me back into that moment, that kind of feeling of like, yeah, no, that was a nice time, and now okay. that it's over, and that was for the best. <laughs> I, was, I was actually <laughs> listening to your episode, and you're talking about breakups. Yeah, like yeah. And like I had like a terrible breakup a couple of years ago. But I totally related to like yeah. both sides because you're both kind of like talking about like the dating ones where like you don't really give a fuck about yeah, anything yeah. and you're kind of like oh that was sad. <laughs> no, but that's, that's exactly because at the moment like I'm like I, I, I've, I've turned sort of desperate now and I'm like oh, I've got to find a man because I'm like 40 in four years and God help me if I'm single by then. But so like I'm texting this guy who's really boring and I've kind of just decided 
Right, okay, I guess this is it. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, don't. Don't. Don't, don't worry at this. <laughs> but though, yeah, now I'm in that thing where but, I'm kind of going, I'm oh, going to have to like have one of those like mini little breakups where I'm just like... But they're really exciting, though. I, like, I don't... The mini breakups? <laughs> the mini breakups. Where you get to like, break someone's heart? No, I don't mean it like that. I don't mean it like it's someone that, like, is in love with you, like, that I, Just hope you are going to break up, because otherwise, if you, like, we contact you in a year, and in the episode, you're like, I'm going to break up with this guy now, <laughs> together with him. That'd be very awkward. Yeah, <laughs> I could be talking true. to any number okay. of people. <laughs> we just won't say when this was recorded. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's funny when you are, like, for instance, if you're in that type of relationship, I always find, like, when you come out of it you could listen to a song when you're happy and it means oh yeah a hundred different things you're like oh my god this is a beautiful song I'm so happy in it and then you listen to it when you're heartbroken you're like this is this is the saddest song <laughs> yeah. I've ever listened to and you're like how like you could cry at a happy song oh completely like, yeah I don't have this anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my world is black I'll never experience these feelings yeah, anymore exactly <laughs> which I think is amazing because like you can the songs I can listen to that like you were saying bring yeah. you right back to a certain point in your life and you're like Sometimes I can't even listen to. Because yeah. Back oh no, like, absolutely. Wow, I can't. Too, too much. This is too real. So I haven't <laughs> dealt with that four years of my life yet. I'll deal with that when I'm older. That's it. Yeah. You, you'll get to your late thirties, and then, like me, you'll be like, "Let's all like, go back and listen to that part." Answers to Tommy, the dagger was better. She's richer than Croesus. She's tougher than leather. I just ignored all the tales of past life. Still conversation deserves, but a bread knife and punks would laugh when they saw us together. Well, they didn't know how to dress for the weather. I could still see them there huddled down Aster. I heard you say you were over at Brighton Pride. I was. I, was yeah. the, I, have, a fr- I have a friend living over there and I always see, he's always exalting oh how God. great it is. Yeah, um, I absolutely loved it. I have to say, Britney Spears, little dead behind the eyes when she was performing. But I mean, but that's what you, you know you're going to get. No, that, exactly. Don't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, she's, yeah, she's a Stepford wife version of herself now. Like, that's mm-hmm. just how Miming queen. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was amazing. It's like, it, it like, it, the whole city just comes just to a stop for Pride and it's like mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of people are just pouring into it and Brighton have you been to Brighton yeah yeah. I mean, Brighton just regularly is, is pretty gay I mean this yeah. takes it to like a whole new level no <laughs> but the the actual festival we were having a conversation about this when we were over there about whether it kind of loses some of the Pride like whether having it it turning into kind of like a music festival almost because who else was playing it was like Jess Lane and, and Niall Rogers and then like Ella Aaron Niall Rogers will disappear he's like the he's American amazing. version yeah, of the Coronas yes, I mean, more than 10 people group and I'm and surprised Niall Rogers won't appear here the three of us are here later on yeah, yeah. But with Niall Rogers <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming but uh, yeah I we were talking about whether kind of that loses some of the um the meaning of it if it turns into a music festival I don't know as if it's too commercial or something like that yeah not, not even that but it sort of it becomes like the music festival people are going to the okay people are going to the, to, a, to a music festival a private music festival they're not going to like walking in pride they're not going to they're, they're not thinking of, they're not connecting it to the issue yeah Um. and I suppose like especially somewhere like Brighton like it doesn't feel like it's an issue you walk around holding hands you get mm. off of people in the street no one cares like it's it's so super cool to do that but I do think that Pride still has like a job to do. Um, yeah. And I don't know if it can do that if it's become something entirely different. Um, I remember being in Brighton and I was walking behind this uh, couple and I was looking at them from behind. And I was like, is that two guys or is it two girls? <laughs> I was like, the one on the right looks like a guy and the one on the left looks like a girl. Then I was like, oh, they're a straight couple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're so confused. I was like, wow, I've been so like... <laughs> Went over by oh, homosexuality. <laughs> to to like, it is so brave what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> you stand out in the crowd here. <laughs> yeah. And another festival I heard you speak about is in Sitges. <sighs> Bear, Bear Pride. Bear yeah. Pride, yeah. Now, it, it's good lord. You wouldn't be able to go. I'm terribly sorry. <laughs> not for ladies. Not well, you can. Um, it, you can if you like. But, but you, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Okay, fine, I won't go. And why? Um, God. It, Is it too vulgar? Uh, no, you know, it's actually, uh, you, you can come and you can enjoy the lovely street party, but just it gets, like, it really has a lot of the seedier aspects yeah, of, okay. of, of, of the gay scene that is. But I mean, it's like, I don't know, have you, have you, have you been to, I'm going to look at you in this, you probably haven't been to many bear events. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm intrigued though. So. <laughs> but so it's like, like all of the bear community tends to kind of encompass a lot of that kind of like more... I don't know what the kinkier side of things and it tends to be like yeah. very like the, the sex is very explicit within it um, I found it quite impairing going to it because it is sort of weird when you, I don't know like it's it's so bizarre when you have people just like actively being like oh my god you're gorgeous and like coming up to you and just saying that to you and, out, and it really does do your ego a world of good <laughs> especially when maybe you kind of walk around at home being like oh look at all those beautiful Brazilian Adonises <laughs> where do they hide though I say this you go to a gay event and all these Brazilian men oh march my god, out of somewhere yes. I'm like where have you been every other day of the year? Panty's basement. Yeah. <laughs> I think they just live in the gym for and they, they come yeah, out. I'm pretty sure they do. Yeah. I think they all work because in my old job there was five or six Brazilian guys working there. I'd say about three or four of them might have been gay. And they're like, you don't, for, I don't know, when you're looking at them, you wouldn't think they are. Yeah. And then they're like, hello, gorgeous. And you're like, hi. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, let's be best friends. <laughs> they're, so, they're so complimentary to you as well. You're like, let's be best friends. Yeah. <laughs> I should say about Sitges as well, before I go down the road painting it like some kind of a, a sex fiend place, it's actually a beautiful town. Like, mm. it's it's a really gorgeous town. Like, I, I've been to, to Gran Canaria as well, uh, and it's like the tackiest, the, the, the Yumbo Centre in Gran Canaria is kind of like this big gay shopping centre. It's like they took Stevens Green and just replaced it all with fetishware shops. And, and okay. And, and like, it's tacky and a bit dirty and sort of the whole place feels very seedy and just kind of unpleasant whereas you go to Sidges and I think it's because like the demog- age demographic of the bear community tends to be a bit older it's like mm. they expect that you know it's like me now with festivals it's like <laughs> no I'm not going to camp anymore okay. I'm going to expect a kind of like a higher quality of restaurant available to me and a higher quality <laughs> of accommodation is it only limited to bears like are you weighed on the way in you're like I'm sorry <laughs> yeah, yes, you, you need to are, yeah. a few buffets as you, I, I, yeah, as, you <laughs> <laughs> as you walk out in Barcelona airport they've got like a weighing scale okay. there, and it's like but it's okay if you if you've got a couple of small guys together, you can just... <laughs> yeah, they can count <laughs> no, as not one. At not at all, actually. And I think that's the thing that's kind of happening now. Um, as people are going to more and more of these things, like the, the anyone can go to, to, to such yeah. as during Bear Prides and have a great time. Um, it, it's it's sort of unusual. Like, I, I wouldn't be like the sort of mad late night clubber type, but like mm-hmm. you've got like all that kind of stuff. And then you've got like the people who are just going for the cocktails and the people who are going to like, there's a... Like there's a, a piano bar around the corner. Like it's kind of got something for everyone. Yeah. Um, and what I just really, really like about it is the the chill out kind of like atmosphere there is in the place. Like there's none of that kind of there's no there's no negativity. Everyone's just there to have a good time. You can kind of approach anyone, talk to anyone, people will come up and talk to you. It's it's nice. Yeah. No, we no, it's always something in the gay community, I suppose, is a bit of a dichotomy about how there's so much left-wing liberalism and everyone accept everybody yeah. and then it gets onto the dating apps and then it's like yeah absolutely so <laughs> harsh and like the things that they say on their profile and stuff so oh, it's always such a stark contrast so at least it's good like i'm trying to think is there a hetero 
festival for celebrating all sizes. I can't think of one. I can't really think of any either. I was like, the, the, the one over Liston Varna, so that yeah. celebrates. That's, I was driving, I drove <laughs> yeah. through Liston Varna like a what? month ago. And they were Kayleying, and I was. And then that, oh, I love Kaylee. Yeah, but they weren't like. <laughs> I felt like it was families. I don't think it was anyone there actually looking for love. But was was the was the festival on? Yes, the match- there was oh, okay. bunting. I was staying there about three weeks ago. Uh, I was staying in Doolin for the weekend, and we drove through Liston oh, Varna. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it a great spot? Love it. I was I was driving my American cousins around. Oh. We went to see the cliffs. We went to Doolin. I had what did I have? This episode is sponsored by Visit Claire. <laughs> yeah. The wild. Okay, cool. We have song number five. Uh, song number five is "The Party Line" by Bell and Sebastian, and it is just uh, like again, it's it's the song that I just like the the magic position with um, with Patrick Wolf. It just puts me into a great mood, and it's it's a song I had actually on a uh, the first year I went to to Sidges to, to American Sidges. I had a, a playlist made up with like a couple of songs on it, and I suppose it would be the. Um, the equivalent of like the house anthems that people might expect you'd be listening to (laughs) when you're over there and it just has a really good sort of set of memories for me it kind of uh, feels fun and like kind of boppy and you actually feel like when you're getting ready to go out you put it on in the background and it's going to lift the night it almost makes a decision for you that it's going to be a good night jump to the beat of party line jump to the beat of I do, Would yes. Would you like to tell us a bit about that? Oh, the gorgeous Miss Sarah Shimonen. I <laughs> love that name. I love a good pun. I love I a good know. pun. <laughs> to be honest with you, it, it's so the first year I did, uh, I did drag. Brooklyn was just out, so okay. Sarah was everywhere, <laughs> and people were like, "Oh my God, Sarah Shimonen, hilarious!" Um, but <laughs> then the following year, she like hadn't done anything, and it's like. What? No, no, she was. It was Ladybird. No, that was two years later. Oh, okay, so the following sure. year. <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> so it's that seasonal. It's follow Saoirse Ronan here. Saoirse Ronan is doing well. Saoirse Ronan is. Doing well. <laughs> well, this is it. Yeah, this is this is. I'm, I'm waiting for her to have that kind of breakthrough, like Meryl Bette Midler kind of thing. So because yeah, once she wins an Oscar, which she has. To. Oh my God, they'd be booking me all over the yeah. place. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you'd be, you'd be okay. flying everywhere. Yeah. And uh, which came first, the name or or the act? Uh, the name. No, well, the act came first. So. Uh, every year the Emerald Warriors do a fundraising event it's like a drag tea um, kind of dance thing and they get five members from the team to, to five or six members on the team to do um to do drag and I suppose some people come to it really reluctantly but when I, I like I joined the sports team and I was like I don't want to play sports and then someone was like if you play sports you'll get to do drag I was like yeah. okay I'm in <laughs> you got me I'm going what a weird twisted logic <laughs> yeah. I was like my, my dad was like when I when I joined the rugby team my dad was like oh my god this is amazing finally look at you or you're, you're gonna become the son I always wanted and then I was like dad I'm, I'm gonna be representing the Emerald Warriors and he's like oh my god this is fantastic where's the match I was like it's going to be in the George <laughs> and I'm going to be wearing a sequin gown <laughs> well, did you like take to drag like 
you know, do the makeup and everything. Oh the yeah. Heels. So did you like love it from? I the I I really did. Now to be honest, I'm quite disorganized and a bit lazy, so I I wouldn't see myself. I know you guys interviewed Victoria's Secret a while mm-hmm. ago, and mm. like the dedication that she puts in to to the work that she does on all the queens. Like yeah. Uh, yeah. To be honest, it's actually it's kind of an intimidating drag scene in Dublin because it's so amazing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, but so I I love all the aspects of it, but I wouldn't want to commit to it fully because yeah. I'm like. Yeah. I'll get bored of doing makeup. <laughs> and do you do your own makeup and stuff? Um, with varying degrees of success, okay. yes. Uh, I decided that I love I love to learn a new skill. Mm-hmm. So I decided after the first time I did it, I, I was going to get like lessons. So a friend of mine was a, a makeup artist, and she gave me a couple of lessons on how to do it. And I started getting into it a bit. Um, and I, I I came to this point where I had to decide whether I was going to keep my beard. Yeah, I was or... gonna say you would have had to just shave it off. I can't I can't not have a beard, and yeah. that's the problem. And then like makeup becomes real difficult when you have a beard. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like in order to develop my skills, I would have had to go around looking like sort of the sort of person who shouldn't be allowed to hang around <laughs> primary schools for the next like year <laughs> while I like managed oh, to like God. get my skills up before I could grow it back in and actually know what to do with it. Okay. Um, so now I do a more of a messy look yeah. or, you know, if I've got an important occasion, yeah. I'll like hire someone in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Because like, do you go for like the verse, you know, bearded yeah. lady? Yeah. See that, and, and you can put a bit of glitter in it and yeah. it looks gorgeous. Mm. Uh, no, I, I, I love, my uh, my favorite look that I've ever done was the one with uh, like a proper one I did with a beard where mm. I coloured the beards like okay. pink to match the the outfit. I also like in addition to the makeup I went and I learned, I learned how to to make clothes as well. So I was doing some wow. classes and you like, do well on uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, <laughs> yeah. he loves, That's it. I know. Shangela called me. I was like, you I need to sew. So amazing. You can't get that far with a glue gun. <laughs> yeah. you can you sew? I was like, I can make one type of dress. <laughs> so I'm basically on Bianca Del Rio. <laughs> 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 exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you for coming in. Before we have our last song, do you want to plug the podcast? Where can people find it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, people can find the Big A Bucket List wherever they find their podcasts. So wherever you're currently listening to this podcast, <laughs> you can now search once it's finished for the Big A Bucket List and go back to the beginning and listen right the way through. Um, but yeah, and you can follow us on Instagram. It's probably the best place to follow us because that's a Big Gay Bucket List. Um, we don't tend to do a huge amount on, on Twitter. Um, and, you know, Facebook's dead now. It's oh, it's first, actually, so yeah, I've deactivated it. <laughs> yeah. It's gone. They're doing jobs right now. And Snapchat, yeah. Snapchat's also over. Yeah, they're trying Is to Snapchat over? Yeah. 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 See, uh, Facebook wanted to buy Snapchat and then they were like, no. So then Facebook bought Instagram and they're basically doing everything that you yeah. can do on Snapchat except better on Instagram. Yeah. So it's gone. Yeah, it is, absolutely. It was a weird, like, mushroom cloud, though, because it was, like, it developed, everyone loved it, they were sending in their dick yeah. pics, and then all of a sudden it was, like, you're sending news articles, and then I was, like, I don't know what's happening, and, yeah. and then and it's I just, like, entirely imploded. It, did, it changed so much so quickly. When yeah. they brought in that ever-looping thing and the screenshotting thing, it just lost. Like, I know yeah. you're always able to screenshot, but when they brought in that, you know, eternity, you yeah. Just, yeah, no, it's not yeah. going to work. <laughs> it's lost. Yeah. Bang. Not Have snapped to- at anymore. <laughs> have to find somewhere else to send your dirty photos <laughs> <laughs> well speaking about modern technology your last song is it was a oh. song that spoke about modern technology it's modern just not modern anymore <laughs> no absolutely oh the the ode to online harassment one of my favorite songs that actually i'd say that if, if spotify ever like analyze the uh um, the like listening figures they'll be like what is this spike going on in Dublin <laughs> it's Email My Heart by Britney Spears and it's beautiful <laughs> you can really tell that you know when they're putting together an album they're like we need something new we need something edgy yeah I know email's I'm, hot right yeah. we're pretty talking about email 
I, I swear to God, if she like if she played that, I, I was I was hoping that she might uh, she, she might perform that in Brighton. But she that's she a wing and a prayer. That's out of her discography to get that song. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Actually, the best bit of walking back into um back into or the best bit of of, uh, of Brighton was walking back in after Britney when like all the crowd was singing all those, mm-hmm. those songs, and I did try and start you know my heart, but no, no. lighting. <laughs> <laughs> This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. If you want to support this podcast and get a full ad-free episode, sign up to Headstuff Plus. 